it's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James, and by my side, as always, is that B-A-double-D-A-double crooked letter, badass Billy Gut. Together we are the New Age Outlaws, and you're listening to the VOC Nation. And if you ain't down with that, he's got two words for you. Suck it. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer, the Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact, Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated, former WWE and TNA star, Shelly Martinez, and former Philly radio personality, Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling With History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern, and of course, In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum, The Maestro. And by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOC Nation. Podcast. My name is C. Madison. For the next two hours, thereabouts, it is my job to take your mind off the craziness of the world out there and get it refocused on some good old-fashioned rock and roll. I feel like I must preface this episode, and please bear with me for a second while I get a load off my chest. I just want to tell you guys much love for listening to the show, but I also want to ask you guys to be very mindful of your thoughts and your actions towards one another. Laughing at karma biting on somebody will eventually come back and bite on you. So be be kind to each other, be good to each other, and love one another. We got a great show tonight, guys. We have the band Energy calling in at 7 o'clock. But before that, we're going back to another roundtable this evening. Very excited about that roundtable. We're going to be discussing rock photography all about it. We've been a little light on the rock shows due to the whole COVID situation. But we're going to address rock photography. We're going to go inside with those guys a little bit. We have a lot of the area's top 
rock photographers, professional photographers to go out there and capture the magic. And really excited to get a little insight to them. We got people calling in from New Jersey. We got people calling in from Maryland. We got people calling in from all over, guys. So really excited to talk that topic. Really hoping that you guys get a lot out of that. And, uh, man, just beautiful weather this past week. Fall is definitely in gear. I did a little apple picking with the little guy yesterday, man. It was great. And uh, pumpkins and apples and all the good smells of fall. And really excited that it's here, man. Hopefully you're enjoying every moment of it. Hopefully you're getting a lot out of it. I know uh, social distancing is kind of your thing, uh, like the, the thing that's going on right now. So, uh, just make sure that you're mindful, but also make sure you get outside, enjoy that weather, do an activity or two with the family, or if you're by yourself, just go for a walk, get some fresh air in those lungs, guys, beautiful time, take, take rock and roll with you, put it on your ears, do whatever you got to do, but, uh, in preference of energy calling in at seven o'clock this evening, we're going to go ahead and listen to a song that they had come out that featured Ash Vapor. Now, Ash Vapor will be calling in at another at a later date. We'll be talking with her. Her story is amazing, but she's a recording artist that did a guest spot with this band here. So, uh, this is Society. This is their latest single. Enjoy.
Hey, this is Total Package, Lex Luger. You're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. Check out In the Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kathy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are. And we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Kaku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, pregnant. I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Wrestling with History, the voice of choice, and Killer Ken Resnick. When I die, they're going to open me up and find about 2,000 undigested Northwest Airline cheese omelets. Mr. Chris Cruz, what's going on? Jesus, how did I get roped into this? General Adnan went to school with Saddam Hussein. He cried, I cried, he cried, and who could have Adnan lost a lot of family in the Iraqi war. Everybody loves Granny. Wow. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. Yes, Taylor, you guys are busting me up. Catch Wrestling With History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOCNation.com Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern Time or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Stadium Journey, the worldwide leader in stadium reviews for the traveling sports fan, is proud to present the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Join us as we talk with prominent figures from around the sports world to discuss issues pertaining to sports travel and stadiums around the globe. New episodes air on VOC Nation Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Join Paul Baker, Dave Cartney, Mark Viquez, Dan Calachico, and guests from throughout the sports world on the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out, VOCNation.com, WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Yo, this is Jerry Steins of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here, you get ready to get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Birthday bash. Yeah. Hell yeah. These guys kick ass. Can I get a just... A little bit more in the monitor vocal
that is Total Crush with One Tear anxiously awaiting them to drop their new, their debut album. Really excited for that to come out. Right now, we're going to shift gears and we're going to go into our round table. I am waiting on one more person who told me previously that he was going to be a little late calling in. But on the line, we have two very experienced in the trenches photographers. I want to welcome Jeff Crespi and Melissa. I'm sorry, I'm probably going to butcher your last name, the Bridget Parent. So, guys, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So uh, I know you guys are, like the rest of us, probably more so, um, really feeling strange now that there's no live shows right now. I know, uh, Jeff, you just covered something today, but I know everything's kind of few and in between right now. Am I right? Yeah, actually, I'm I'm kind of fitting you in between three events today. Um, Yeah, I started this morning. I I had to do a promo shoot with a kind of cool southern bluesy rock band called the Billsby Brothers, and then I headed over to the Brighton Bar in Long Branch for my friend's Meadowland, and I'm actually currently right now in my car at the Long Branch Elks Lodge, ready to shoot my friend's Des in the Swag Matters. Oh, awesome. So, I'm uh, jealous. I, I, I do believe we have Ken on the line now. Ken, is that you? Yes, sir. How you doing, man? Good. So if I could get you guys to do just one small favor for me as we kick into this discussion, could you guys just go one at a time and kind of describe what you guys have done photography-wise and your history in the business and that kind of thing? Uh, Melissa, we'll start with you ladies first. Hey, I'm a newcomer to this. I've only been doing this for about five years. Uh, started by chance. I'm a nature photographer. <laughs> Oh, wow. I got into music. Um, a friend asked me to shoot one of his bands, and then from there I got in touch with Mike Bagnoni with Out on the Town, and my first show with Out on the Town was Queensryche at the TLA. Wow. That was probably 2015 or 2016, but it's been crazy. I mean, we were sometimes two or three shows a week, for the last four years, and now it's just like nothing. It's yeah, been it's, a long, long seven, eight months. Man, uh, don't I know it, Jeff? Uh, could you give us a little, uh, little history on you? Sure. Um, I've always been a music fan, but growing up, I was not big into the live shows. Um, Photography was never a, a question. It was never, actually, it was never anything that I ever thought about doing. I moved out to Jersey about 23 years ago from Brooklyn, and um, my son, about seven, eight years old, started finding all my Kiss CDs in the house, and uh, he became this little kid just listening to Kiss in the back seat of the car, and um, I just took him to a concert that summer at PNC Bank Art Center to see Kiss. And we had a good time, so I kind of thought maybe concerts could be a father-son bonding thing. And um, my wife at the time worked for a very large music company in New York City, and uh, she told me about this club in Sayreville called Starland Ballroom. And I started going there with my son, and very quickly we started to really enjoy what we were doing in terms of seeing live shows of all different styles and genres. 
I was taking pictures with just a point-and-shoot camera to document our journey. It had nothing to do with photography. But very quickly, we became very well-known in the local music scene just by going to shows as fans. And we started to circulate all over the state of New Jersey, VFW shows, firehouse shows, you know, clubs, Asbury Park, Stone Pony. And the next thing I know, everybody was kind of contacting me about, you know, pictures. And um, about I was doing that for about seven years as just a fan. And then one day, both Starland Ballroom and the Stone Pony in Asbury Park reached out to me because the guy that was doing it before me kind of stepped down. And they both came to me at the same time and asked me to be their house photographer. So right after, you know, and then that was it. I mean, from there on, it was just, you know, crazy. I mean, I've been covering literally no exaggeration over 350 shows a year for the last seven years. Wow. Um, I've done everything. I've done, you know, back covers for Revolver magazine. I've done private photo shoots uh, for Frank Arrow for My Chemical Romance when they broke up for his new project for Kerrang! magazine. Um, I've done a lot of cool stuff. I've done about 20 CD covers for local bands. Um, and I just keep, you know, doing what I love. And it's just been an amazing journey. Um, yeah, during this time, it was weird. The first couple of months was obviously what it was. Nothing was going on. But, you know, now, slowly and surely, there's still a lot of shows going on outside. They're just random and very sporadic. So I've been busy you know, doing private shows, doing a lot of behind-the-scenes pictures of live streams and stuff like that. Um, So, yeah, I'm still out there pretty much every day doing something. It's just very different stuff than what I normally do. Wow. Now, uh, Ken, could you uh, give us a little history on you? Yeah, I I, I hate being a follow-up to that resume. Good God. (laughs) Um, well, I, I'm, I'm actually, uh, well, I was going to say I've been in it for a while, but I guess compared to this guy, I've been in it for just a little bit of time. Um, I started out with, uh, like he said, I started out with a point and shoot to document my vacations with my daughter and it just kind of snowballed from there. I just fell in love with it. And then, um, I went and got a job at Life Touch Photography and got hired into the candidates department. So I primarily shot sports, which I fell in love with. I absolutely, to this day, love shooting sports. In fact, I'm in the car riding home from shooting a sport right now. So so if I cut out, I'll call right back. But um, I, about two, two and a half years ago, one of my buddies from Black Lake Minor asked me to come out and photograph his band, and I did. And... It was like I, I kind of said to myself, what have I been doing? I absolutely love this because I love the music scene. I used to be in the music scene. And it just really turned into a passion right off the right out of the gate. So I pretty much just look up what shows are happening, and I go to them, and I photograph them. Um, I don't make a whole lot of money off of it. I do it because I love to do it. Awesome. And, uh you know, I, I like to try to silver tongue my way into places. Uh, you know, try to get some some bigger shows, and you know, I've gotten some, and and I haven't gotten some, but the passion is there. I I I really love doing this. That's awesome, man. Thank you guys for sharing. Um, 
the one the first question I'm just going to throw out there is kind of like a fun question for you guys. Now, with you guys having all the experience of shooting rock shows, are you able to put that aside and go enjoy a rock show without looking at the stage and go, man, that view would look good, this would look good? No. Are you able to still enjoy the show as a rock fan without kind of thinking that stuff? Well, I, I, I'll i say for myself, um, that was one of the things that I had to make sure was about what I do. Um, one thing, because I started out just as a fan, I never wanted that to be taken away from the equation. And I'm very lucky because I was shooting as a fan for seven years. And when I started shooting professionally, everybody just accepted me as the, the, the guy that was not just shooting the show, but part of the show. So a lot of times I'm kind of utilized in a way that, you know, I'm, I'm on the stage, I'm in the crowd, I'm doing all those things as part of what I do. So it, was, it really is a great scenario for me. The venues that I shoot for trust me um, and understand what I do, and, and, and they know that I'm kind of the fan favorite. So it's kind of like I'm there. Are you there? It's a little of everything for me, and I love that part about it. Yeah, I think for me, too, there's a lot of different aspects because I wasn't just shooting bands. I was actually booking them and booking Harris the block at Chester. And so I was involved from finding the bands, putting the shows together, selling the tickets, doing the PR. So actually getting to shoot the show at the end of all of that was pretty rewarding. I got it. Uh, Melissa, if I can ask you, how long did you book the, the block for? Um, I would say probably about a year uh, until it closed. Okay. Um, it's actually like I said, I, I got in late. It was a show at the block that inspired me to do what I do. So I just wanted to give you a, 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 a thank you for that. <laughs> oh, that's very, very cool. Uh, the shows where you yeah. the block. Uh, it was the show. Uh, it was Tom Keeper and Moth 22 that kind of uh, yep. got yep. me involved in doing what I'm doing. That's great. Keeper is always a great sell anywhere around here. So, And just to see so many people that you haven't seen in so long still involved and, and still friends with the same people and, and just to, to have that camaraderie is what I miss because I don't know the last time I've seen half of my friends. You know, all my friends live in Jersey. We're in PA. Right. So with, with the shutdown, it's like we haven't seen anyone, anyone since. I would say my last show that I shot live was Wednesday 13 uh, at Reverb. Great wow. band. That was in February. February, like mid-February. So... I have not shot a show since then. Now, uh, Ken, uh, how do you approach those shows? Do you uh, are you able to actually put the camera down and enjoy the rock show, or is your mind constantly going when you're at the show? Um, well, I've, I'm always grateful to put the camera down once in a while. I've, I mean, that's my whole life, so it's constantly in front of me. So there are times that I go to shows and I don't have to photograph and it, and it's kind of nice to just, you know, enjoy it. 
and not have to to worry about what you have to worry about when you shoot these things. I will say, though, there are times I've gone to shows I'm not photographing and I kind of feel left out because mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's what I really like to do. But, right. yeah, it, it's nice to, to, to put the camera down once in a while. I think with anything anybody does, if you do it too much, you got to have a little break from it. Um, right. The, the COVID-19 gave me a nice break. And I got to tell you, when I, when I came back to work, I, I realized just how much I missed it over those few months. But yeah, I, I can, I can definitely enjoy a show without, you know, and not feel like I'm, I'm, you know, I, I guess I can detach myself from that, from the photographer and just be a fan. It's, it's not too hard for me. So, I think it also depends on the artist as well. If you're into that music, there's, a lot of shows that I've never even heard them before. So I'm not really there because I necessarily know their music. I'm there to shoot for a review or shoot for whatever it is. So I would say Kiss. When I shot Kiss, there was no way I could not bring my camera. There's just no <laughs> way. Um, and Kicks. I think Kicks was the easiest for me after I shot my three songs to just sit and, and not sit, but just to watch them because of the energy and because he's such a great front man. Man, well, one of the things that I got to say that I hate about shows, and it may, maybe it's something that you guys can give me a little insight to, uh, one of the things that really drives me nuts about going to a show is watching all these wannabe photographers with their phones and everybody trying to, like, videotape the entire show or taking pictures constantly uh it drives me nuts and it takes away you know i always tell my sons if they go to shows with me i i don't really do all that because there's people like you guys that get better than i'll ever get and have you guys ever encountered bad situations with people that were doing that um i never have no i don't think i ever have I don't think I ever have, but, I mean, there are people that, you know, will try to get in front of you or, you know, then you have to deal with the people that are mad that you're standing in front of them because they paid for first row seats and here for the first three songs, they're seeing a bunch of photographers in front of them. Yeah. So I've had people not be too nice. I know, I think it was Jeff. Jeff, I think you saved me once or twice from some uh, crowd surfers <laughs> getting me right in the head. <laughs> well, you know, I think that was the seven You know, when you when you're in the pit, it's you know you do your 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 job, and then but when I shoot for like you know the venues and I'm given permission to shoot from everywhere, and I'm in the back like the front of the house area, and you know mm-hmm. all you see is people holding their cell phones up. You know, it gets a little annoying, but at the end of the day, it is what it is, and you got to figure it out. So I, I've kind of adapted to the point of utilizing that to my advantage. So when someone's got a cell phone up in the air, you know, in my view, I kind of reflect off it or I'll take a cool picture of their picture mm-hmm. on the phone. You know, oh, so kinda, you got to utilize what's in front of you. Same thing with, like... You know, stuff on a stage, a lot of photographers get pissed off at, like, mic stands and stuff that doesn't, they don't think needs to be there. But we're not there to, to, you know, to serve them. Like, we don't tell a band what they should have on a stage or not. It's our job to do what we got to do based on what we see. Right. And based on the lighting that we're given. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's... 
Go ahead, Melissa. Sorry. Well, no, I was going to say there are a few artists, national bands that, you know, that I have booked that they can't stand people having their phones up like that. And not because they don't want people to see, you know, whatever. They, but they just, they feel like they're not, they're more into making sure and looking through their phone than they're actually giving the artist the attention. Yep. You know, I do feel that as a big rock fan is, I couldn't imagine trying to take the entire show because it, it does. It detracts you from the moment as a mm-hmm. fan. But, I mean, the one thing that I wanted to ask you guys that I've just come into recent knowledge of as far as photography, it, it, as far as rock photography, is I know that there's some people that will cycle through the photographers. Uh, you get so long in front of the stage and they'll bring it to the back of the house. Could you guys go into a little bit more detail on what it is and how it's set up for you guys? Well, it depends on the venue. I mean, it depends on the scenario of where you're at. There's, you know, certain venues have certain rules of how they do that. And then what a lot of people don't realize is, you know, even for me who shoots for venues, the rules are dictated by the tour manager. So the tour manager actually tells the venue how they want it situated and where photographers are allowed or not allowed to be. Some shows were mm-hmm. in the pit. Some shows were at the front of house. Some shows it's in the pit, do whatever you want. Some shows it's three songs, put your cameras away. I don't want to see them again. So it's really up to the tour manager that kind of gives that information. If the tour manager doesn't care, then the venue has their standard policies as well. If you shoot for the house, you could do things that other photographers might not like might not be allowed to do. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And I yeah, mean, and a lot of times, too, the artist, even if, you know, you always want to be up in the pit, I mean, you're going to get, depending on the what you're shooting for, you're going to get the best pictures up there. But there are a lot of artists that are under no circumstances do they ever have people up in the front. They're always shooting from front of house or side stage or... And I don't know if that's, you know, I guess some of it personally for them and some, you know, they want their fans, you know, that came there, that paid the money to experience that. They don't, they want their fans up front. Now, as far as, go ahead, I'm sorry. Every situation is pretty much different. That's kind of the Mm -hmm. the thing. And if you shoot in multiple venues, you're going to find that those, Procedures and policies are very different from one venue to another or from one band to another. Now, with uh, Jeff, with you being both Steel Pony and Starland, which are two really well-known establishments, um, I know you've seen your share of national acts come through and different people. Uh, Who would you say has been some of your favorite artists to work with? Well, I mean, there's a difference between if I'm covering a show, it, you know, it might not be directly for a, an artist. So if right. I'm shooting for a venue, it's very different. I'm not there for the band, technically. Um, but I've shot, you know, I've shot, Melissa mentioned, I've shot everything from Kiss at Madison Square Garden to, you know, the smallest of the small in VFW shows and everything in between. You know, so and every genre you could imagine. I mean, mm-hmm. my first professional shoot was uh, for Amp Magazine, and it was basically a hardcore show at Starland Ballroom with bands like For Today and Stray From a Path and bands like that. And then the next thing I know, I'm shooting 
you know, Real Big Fish and Less Than Take and All-American Rejects and whatever was coming through at that time, even bands like Anson and Guar. It didn't matter what the style of genre was. I was shooting for a publication that handled almost everything. I think I shot like 80 shows in the first 100 days that I was doing Ooh. the, the go-ahead. Wow. You know, I had to go home and tell my wife I have to run to Best Buy and buy a camera. And she was like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, they told me I could start shooting from, from this publication. And, you know, it kind of happened so quick. I had to just run and get what I needed to get to start it off. Wow. Yeah, I broke one of my cameras when Tom Keeper was playing the Keswick Theater. I actually sat one of my cameras down on what I thought was like a travel case, not knowing it was a bass amp. Uh, and it <laughs> vibrated itself right off onto the floor. Oh, man. Yeah. So, there you go. Now, I've at also least I got learned, the three songs in. <laughs> I've, I've also learned how to kind of, you know, each venue, what I need to bring inside, you know, mm-hmm. in comparison to other venues, what venues I could go back out to my car if I need to, as opposed to ones I can't. So, I, you know, I've been doing it long enough that I've understood how to, how to do what I need to do in the most efficient way possible, you know, so there's certain venues I don't even need to bring in my, my bag, you know, and then there's certain venues I could just go out to the car and get what I need when I need it. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, you're shooting show rather than festival. That's different, too. I, if, if my memory serves me correctly, I think Don, my husband, Don Parent, he was in the site, which how he knew you, Jeff. Yep. And then yeah, I, I met you. I remember back in the day at, at, like, the Jersey Shore Festival. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a decipher with, I forget what the other band was. But, and then I met you, Don introduced me to you at the Rock Carnival in Lakewood, New Jersey. Yep. That's, I think that was my first festival that I did. I think, and I was there working for Punky Meadows. I actually yep. went there working this, his for him specifically, but wound up shooting the whole thing. But he uh, he played a show at the Troc about six or seven months prior to that. Liked one of my pictures that I just happened to take from front of house. I did, wasn't even, you know, I wasn't really even shooting. And they asked me if I could, you know, shoot their set at the Rock Carnival. And that was my first Jersey show as well, because I usually was just here in PA. Wow. Now, yeah, uh, we, we, used do, ahead, we used to do the Jersey uh, the Jersey Shore uh, festivals out in Seaside, and that's kind of that's kind of where I met met Don and uh, a lot of other local bands that would play out there every summer. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, and it was just, you know those those are the festivals that I love because it's it's very intimate, and it's kind of, you know, you got local bands, you got somewhat international bands. It's a mixture of everything, and those those are the mm-hmm. people that you're with when you're at other shows hanging out. Right. So, I, Ken, I know you've done your fair share of uh, festivals as well. I'm going to start this question with Ken, and then everybody can just chime in as they want to. Um, as far as covering festivals, is there a difference in equipment, and what's that look like? Um, not it's a, well. It depends on where it is. 
um, it's for me, it's not too much different than an ordinary show, other than you're exhausted after a festival versus you might have some energy after a show. Um, so, I mean, you know, the, 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 I, I really don't see much of a difference other than time length, to be honest with you. Um, I did Frozen Harbor Fest back in February, and, and that was that was fun. Um, they had me in, like, this little little tiny bar. I really had nowhere. I mean, the, the musicians must have felt like I was violating their space because I it was, like, right up on them. I couldn't really get, you know, get back because the, the bar was so small. And then the next day, they had me at a big venue down in Baltimore City, so there, you know, it was it was much easier. As far as equipment, it, you really just, you, you use the same stuff pretty much. Um, at, at least for me, I do. I don't know if, you know, what other photographers do. Now, one thing that differs is when you've got a festival, you have more photographers coming in and out because they may be covering, they may be covering a certain band and they're just there for them. So, you got to be a little more aware of other photographers. You know, I don't like people jumping in my shots, but I try as hard as possible not to jump in their shots. So there, there's a few differences, but for me, nothing, nothing really big, especially when it comes to equipment. I pretty much use the same stuff. I think it also depends too, if it's um, like what you're doing, what how you're covering it, because when we covered Dan's warp tour for a few years. We also did live interviews, which we had to bring, you know, the camera, we had to bring the tripod, we have to bring, you know, a whole day's worth of supplies that we may need because especially if it's summertime, I mean, I thought I was gonna die in the band's warp tour. Like I and it ended with guar and every I'm wondering why does everybody have plastic over their cameras? <laughs> So I had never even seen Guar before. I didn't know them. And everyone's looking at me like, oh, boy. I spent half their set underneath the stage. Underneath the stage at Vance. Yeah, it's kind so, of yeah, true. Like, you know, certain acts, like, like I remember when I shot Marilyn Manson for the first time. And I'm sitting there. I'm dead center of the stage at Starland Ballroom. And, and I'm literally watching his eyes, his beady eyes, stare at me through the lens. And every time I clicked, I would jump back. I didn't know what he was going to do. And I remember looking, and all the photographers were on the side. And I'm like, why is everybody on the side? And they go like, you don't know what Marilyn Manson does to photographers? No, how would I know? Like, you know, they said sometimes he grabs your camera, sometimes he grabs your head. Sometimes he spits wow. on you. I'm going, well, thanks for telling me now, you know. So, yeah, so you never know. Like, you know, you, Melissa, you were talking about Guar, same thing with me. You know, I, you know I, the first time I ever saw Guar was as a fan, and then I started shooting them over the years. So you get to learn kind of, you know, what you need to do and where you need to be or where you, where you don't need to be, <laughs> you know. Right. So, yeah, it's kind of all that stuff. And in terms of festivals, I mean, my equipment is pretty standard. It's one wide-angle lens. It's one zoom lens. The only difference with a festival is it's much longer days, and so you got to have extra batteries, maybe extra memory cards, because you don't really have breaks or a place to go. Um, depending and on you the have festival. to have comfortable shoes. 
Yeah, so, you know, a lot of that is just running around back and forth from stage to stage for hours. Right. When we when we covered bands in Montage Mountain up in Scranton, I mean, it was literally at least a mile between stages because they had it one side of the mountain, the other side, and then I'm, you know, looking at the schedule. You're running from stage to stage because you have to be here at a certain time, but then you have to run all the way over to another part of the whole thing to be doing a live interview with someone it, it, it's crazy crazy yeah, they're definitely festivals and are not easy I think M3 was a little different because first of all it was like three days it was amazing and but you're all really on the same page so you don't, you're not really running around like you're, you're still getting to experience all the you know different bands but it's the same stage so you don't really have to move or go anywhere yeah, I mean, thankfully they changed the M3 stage. Well, they used to have the two stages, now they have the revolving stage, which I think so many other shows could like benefit from using that kind of technology. Um, they also they also did away with their photo pit. Oh Who wow! Did? Yeah. M3. Yeah, that's what I heard. I heard they don't oh, have the photo are. pit anymore. They they you shoot on stage now. Yeah, no, we were in the pit last year. Well, this year it was canceled, but the year before that, uh, we were pit. And you know, basically anywhere they didn't say, oh, the first after the first three pictures you have your first camera away. They made you get out of the pit, but you could shoot from your seat. You could shoot from like behind the 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 rope. So they were pretty. I don't know. I that was my first M3 ever. They had the side main stages, and then outside they had the smaller stage uh, where Dora and Trickster and all of those bands were performing out there, where you Hailstorm and Twisted Sister and Bach on the, on the big stage. Well, not to cut you guys off, because we're running out of time really rapidly. Um, I wanted to ask you guys one last question, and... What would be the one act that you would like to like photograph that you have not done so yet? Uh, for me, um, the funny thing is, the question was always asked to me, and the answer is Kiss because Kiss was the first concert I ever took my son to. So that question was always asked, and my answer was always Kiss. And then I got to shoot Kiss at Madison Square Garden, you know, last mm-hmm. year. So. I kind of did everything that I wanted to do at this point. Um, There's really nothing on my bucket list anymore other than just the passion is still there, and I'm just going to keep going until the passion is no longer there. Right. Ken, anybody in for me? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Melissa. I've always been a huge Sinead O'Connor fan. That was kind of like my, my genre. That's what I was into. You know, New Order, Shanita Connor, Nails, like all that stuff from City Garden. And I actually had approval to shoot a show that be canceled in April. Oh, man. And she were again, or perform again. And then it, she was coming around, and it was a small, like, acoustic show, and I was so excited. And then COVID hit, and it was canceled. Now it's rescheduled oh. for next year. Um, so yeah, that's 
Kiss, I, I was never, I'm not, I'm not a big Kiss person. I, I really was, I think, because it's a little bit before my time. But uh, I always wanted to shoot and, and see Kiss live, perform live, because I always heard, oh, this is the best live band that you could see. And they put on a great show. And I can probably agree with them 99% that they, that was probably one of the funnest shows I shot. Awesome. Ken, anybody in particular? Uh, same answer, Kiss. Um, I've been a fan of them since I was five. You know, I was five in 1977, so I, I was kind of born with Kiss. And who, who wouldn't want to photograph Kiss? I mean, they're, they're they got the fire and the lights and the makeup. I mean, they're the most one of the most visual bands out there. So yeah, I would I would love to photograph them. And and I guess a close second would be. Uh, would be Guar just because of the show. I, you know, one of the things I've, I don't know about the other two that I've struggled with with local bands is that there's not much of a show to photograph. It's just guys standing there with their instruments. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, yeah, something big like Kiss, that's definitely on my bucket list. So, I'm going to walk my way. Go ahead, Melissa. I'm sorry. No, I was just saying with the KISS show, there's just so much to photograph because it's such an amazing show, even if you don't like KISS or know their songs. I mean, I was like having a great time. It's just so much to see and, and, and take in. So I'm going to walk my way back with Melissa. Um, if you guys could just give our listeners uh, how, to, how to see your stuff online and how they can find out more about you. Absolutely. Uh, Don and I have Music Month Media Productions, LLC, and they can just go right on the Facebook under uh, either Local Music Live or just go under Music Matters Media, and it has all of our uh, links for our website and some more of my photography stuff, uh, headshots and, and, you know, photo shoots, band stuff. So, yeah, we're, we're out there. All. Jeff? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much Jeff Crespi Rocks across the board. Uh, .com site, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Jeff Crespi Rocks. I kind of, I like, you know, when I envisioned it, I, I always wanted it to be my name, you know, just because to me that was the most simplistic thing to do. Um, and it's just obviously the easy scenario. Ken? Um my website is www.kenshepherd.com, and I'm going to spell it real quick. It's K-E-N-S-C-H-E-P-E-R. It's a weird spelling, so I figured I better do that. Now, any of you guys have any, any upcoming uh, events or anything that you guys want to plug? I, all of mine have been canceled. I can't <laughs> seem to gig, so <laughs> at this point, uh, No. I had a bunch coming up in October, and they've all been canceled. So. Awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, I got a few private stuff coming up, you know, private mm-hmm. photo shoots with some singer-songwriters in the general area and a bunch of live stream. Um, I've been working with this company called We Star. It's a, a video production company. So I do all the behind-the-scenes pictures of their live streams, and we've been doing, like, literally two, uh, two a week for the last almost two months utilizing wow. all the venues in Asbury Park. So, you know, I got one on Monday. I got, so we've been doing a lot of that stuff. And then through these live streams, 
we're having all these bands that are playing have contests. So there's a winner that gets a free um, a video of music done. So then I do the behind-the-scenes pictures of the making of the music video for them. Awesome. If I, if I, if I can just interject real quick, I totally forgot. I just landed this Wednesday. I am actually covering something next Saturday. It's uh, Bradley's 40th. And, oh, yeah. uh, Michael Grant and the Michael Grant and the Assassins, the uh, Mathematics, and a couple other bands are going to be there. So I'm I'm actually really looking forward to that. But I totally forgot That's it because cool. I, I just landed it two days ago. That's awesome, man. Congrats. So oh, thank you. Guys, I, I want to say a big thank you to all you guys for calling in and really, really hope the best for you guys. Can't wait to get back to normal. Um, Melissa, I know you've been doing so, but uh, – Jeff, if you can just drop any of the pics you feel like on the Rock and Roll Union page, greatly appreciate it. I said I was going to post. I said I was going to post every single day until there's a regular, live, normal show again. Oh yeah, and I've been enjoying it. Day 54 or 53, I think. That's awesome. Yeah, I've been enjoying looking at your pics as well because yeah, you've been. You've been doing it pretty regularly every day, so. Uh, Started that hashtag too, uh, Live Music Matters, and that has a lot to do with a lot of our musician friends, whether it be local and national, uh, or national, um, and what this shutdown has been, you know, has been for them financially. You know, Absolutely. Uh, we had some national bands that we had booked, you know, coming up, and they were all here. So we're going to start to do more interviews. We're going to have, um, I forget who was, I think it was going to be Mike Orlando. Uh, Don is going to be doing something with him coming up about his new, the new music he's been working on. And that's another thing. A lot of the artists have been taking uh, time to really work on their on, on new music. So when this yeah. does come back, there's going to be a lot of bands that are releasing a lot of cool music. Can't wait, man. And we- Guys, Weapons of Voodoo, too. Sorry. They have a... No, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say Weapons of a New. They have... Uh, they're a really, really cool local Jersey national kind of band that um, I actually shot them at the Starland. Um, they have really good coming out as well. Awesome. Guys, thank you so much for calling in and spending time on your weekend with us. And uh, I'm, my best, please keep us up to date on everything you guys are involved in. Thank you very much for having me. Nice yeah, thanks for having me, man. All thanks. right, guys, you have a great rest of your weekend, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right, See ya. See ya. All right, guys, that was our roundtable on rock photography. Thank you for joining us for that. Don't go anywhere, though, because energy will be up right after this commercial break. Stay tuned. This is Lance Storm, and if I can be serious for a minute, you're listening to VOC Nation Worldwide. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks, having started way back in 2010. VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts, and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts also include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer, The Maestro, 
former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Works, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, and In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. Both shows take callers live during the show. And recent guests have included General Adnan, Tito Santana, Haku, Earl Hebner, Dangerous Danny Davis, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Brodus Clay, and so many more. Archive free content includes past interviews with huge names like Paul Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter, at VOC Nation. Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists, and more. We've excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOCNation.com. Wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey. The morning after, right here on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Brady Hicks and... Homeboy Rap Boy here. I tell you what, we got a good show right here in the afternoon at 12 o'clock. Eastern Standard Time on the VOC Nation. Talking wrestling, football, news, whatever's going on in the world today. VOCNation.com. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Welcome back to the Rock and Roll Union Podcast. I want to give a big thank you to Melissa, to uh, Jeff Crespi, and to Ken Shepard for being great guests on that roundtable on rock photography. Really, really excited to have had the chance to talk to them. And remember, if you missed any of the shows from Rock and Roll Union in the past and you want to go back and give them a listen, or if you want to re-listen to this show, remember, we are available on all streaming podcasts, on all streaming networks, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all your favorite podcast spots. Look up VOC Nation, scroll down until you get to Rock and Roll Union, and we're there. You can also go on Spotify Search for Rock and Roll Union and we'll pop up, guys. Uh, so, looking ahead a little bit, next week we have a packed show for you. We're going to be talking to Roy Cathy. We're going to be talking to Ash Vapor. And we're going to be talking to Tim Kyle, guys. We got three great interviews for you next week. We're going to take a pause from the roundtable table. But also wanted to say this coming week on the Rock and Roll Union Facebook page, we're going to start taking our poll 
on what is the greatest Halloween-themed song for you, horror-themed song, whether it be Black Sabbath or the Monster Mash or Alice Cooper or whatever you can think of, guys. We're going to be take, pulling them up, and on a special podcast, a special edition of the Rock and Roll Union podcast, we will be going live Friday, October 30th. That's the day before our normal podcast airing. We'll be on Friday, October 30th, and we're going to be joined by an Alice Cooper tribute, and we're going to be joined by an Ozzy Osbourne tribute, and we're going to go through your favorite horror-themed songs, guys. We're going to be talking horror movies. We're going to be talking all kinds of good stuff, guys. So we have a lot that's coming up. And while we're uh, awaiting our friends and energy to give us a call, we are going to uh, play a little bit of rock and roll. We are going to, uh, let's see, we're going to scroll through a little bit. And uh, let's see what we got in the old thinking box, guys. It's been a while. We're just going to do a little, uh, little, little bloody heels. Here's Cheap Little Liar.
Carla's fighting right now. <laughs>
There was Fang Tango with someone like you. Remember, before we uh, went to commercial break, I was telling you that you are able to go back and listen to any of our shows by checking us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all your favorite streaming sites. We're going to go ahead and keep rocking. Here is El Fatso with Katana.
Blood, sweat, and rock and roll. That's going back to our interview with Johnny D a couple of weeks ago, or you know, about two months ago at this point. Man, time flies. You remember, you can go back and check out that interview on our YouTube channel. A lot of other uh, live performances and a lot of other things to be had on the Rock and Roll Union YouTube channel. Make sure you go check that out. Subscribe. A lot more stuff, good stuff coming up on the Rock and Roll Union YouTube. So. Want to thank all you guys for listening in. Next week we'll be joined by Roy Cathy, Ash Vapor, and Tim Kyle. 
We're going to have a great show for you next week. And remember, if you missed any of the shows and want to go back and re-listen to anything, we're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. So until next time, be good to each other, be safe, and remember rock and roll. Have a great week, guys. 